The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And it's great to be back with you. Looking forward to an excellent show because I've got some great guests. One that I was really, really uh, happy uh, to land is coming from California. He's the man that fold, raised, and saw California Chrome through his early years. And now he gets to see him after his Triple Crown Trail. And that's Dave McLaughlin from Harris Farms out in California. So this should be very interesting. Uh, The guy just has an amazing uh, resume uh, through the roof. And the more I look at Harris Farm, what a farm they are. Of course, we all know California Chrome, but how about horses like uh, Breeders' Cup winners uh, Tis Now and Thor's Ecker. And, uh, you know, this is a farm that's been around for a while. and, And from everything I read, Dave McLaughlin has been a big part of it. So uh, he is going to be our first guest on the show. And after that, we've got a pretty sharp handicapper in Les Instone. I know for uh, 13 years he was the Saturday morning handicapper at Keeneland. Uh, he also ran their uh, contest for at least seven years. And uh, he's been uh, associated with... Uh, shall we say, Twin Spires, Bris, Brisnet, Brisbad, America Tad. The names have changed, but he's the VIP services, customer service manager, Les Instone. So uh, Les and I are going to break down some of the bigger races coming up this weekend. Of course, it's no longer the Hollywood Gold Cup. It's the Gold Cup at Santa Anita. But, man, what a crew of older horses it has drawn together some great rematches there and then we'll go see if we can uh, stamp a youngster as the derby favorite two-year-old going in the first two-year-old graded race the bashford manor at churchill downs also at churchill another race that's drawn together some great older horses we'll be going a mile on the grass at churchill in the grade two firecracker and at belmont park well we're going to tap into this race, but not too long because Untappable's in there, and she's so hot, many do not want to go in and race against her. Hey, I want to give a shout-out to my friend, my close personal friend, Ed Meyer, the man I admire. Um, I had decided to have some uh, chicken garlic pizza tonight, and uh, for some reason, uh, you know, that's how I keep my girlish figure and uh, But I managed to get a bunch of pizza, pizza grease on me. Well, just the other day, I guess knowing the slob I am, Ed was nice enough to give me a bunch of these little shout things, the wipe and go, and uh, they work marvelously. I'm not getting paid by shout, nor do I expect a case of them to show up on my doorstep. But I want to give a shout-out to Ed for thanking me out because just my luck, it's the very first day 
I wore this brand new shirt. All right, let's move on. It's been a rock'em sock'em week in a couple of ways. We'll get to that in a little bit. First, little shout out to my friend Rafael Bejarano. Uh, he just began therapy yesterday on his shoulder and intends to resume riding after a two-month absence on opening day. That's July 17th, where the surf meets the turf. At Del Mar, his agent Joe Ferris says that he got the doctor's clearance uh, to begin um, exercising. He'll begin exercising horses, they believe, probably just about the second week of July, but he declares that he will ride on opening day. Of course, uh, Raphael's now 32. He's won a total of 18 riding titles at Del Mar, Hollywood Park, and Santa Anita since late 2007. And yes, I was there the day he won his very first race in Cincinnati, Ohio. Close call. Lucky he's back in the saddle pretty quick. Irad Ortiz Jr. was taken to the hospital in New York following a pretty ugly three-horse spill last Wednesday at the eighth race at uh, Belmont Park. Luckily, he was uh, released that evening without any uh, serious injury. Also, the Velasquez's, uh, Cornelio and John, went down. They both got checked out by the track doctor, and they said everything is okay. Speaking of things being okay, the reigning two-time horse of the year, Wise Dan is getting back in action. Uh, he returned early this week to his home at the Charlie the Prusty Barn down on the Rice Road section of the Keeneland Stable area. He's doing very well recovering from that uh, colic surgery that he had back in mid-May after convalescing at Lepresti's farm just southeast of Lexington. They're going to just kind of ease him into more serious training the coming days. As you know, they're working on the main track at Keeneland, uh, taking up the poly and putting down dirt. And we'll address Keeneland in just a few minutes. And uh, Lepresti says uh, he's going to... He, does train over the poly track in the lower training track at Keeneland, so they still have the poly there. And then he's going to ship to Saratoga mid-July. And right now they're zoning in on the four-star handicap as a possible return. Uh, they hope that uh, that will be his chance to get back in the winter circle, and so do we. It was a close call. Well, ding, 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 ding. All right. <laughs> Fists were flying on the backstretch at Churchill Downs today, um, and uh, one of the individuals has been a previous guest of ours here on Winning Ponies. You know him as Indian Charlie. I know him as Ed Musselman, and as it turns out, uh, he had a little run-in with Dale Romans uh, that brought the Louisville Metro Police and some EMTs to the Churchill Downs stable area. I guess in a recent edition of Indian Charlie, he was critical of Romans, and they crossed paths back at Barn Fort Churchill. Uh, the two, they started exchanging words, and according to eyewitnesses uh, and Dale Romans, uh, Musselman threw the first punch. Romans retaliated, uh, hitting Indian Charlie, resulting in a swollen right eye. Uh, Romans himself had a minor scratch in his forehead from his glasses. Uh, according to one report, um, Musselman was treated on the scene for some other cuts and abrasions, and uh, of course, stewards are waiting uh, for a report. Uh, Romans just said, hey, I wanted to talk to him, but as soon as he got close, he swung at me. The good thing is he swung like an 80-year-old man. I had to defend myself, so I punched him. I didn't mean to hurt him, but I think I hurt him pretty bad. And uh, Roman says, this wasn't my first rodeo. I came up on the rough side of town. Now, the interesting thing is I hope somebody had their 
camera phone going because Dale's lost a lot of weight. He's lost about 60 pounds recently. And uh, during this scuffle, his pants and belt fell down around his ankles. So I guess he was kind of limited in his range for the Rock'em Sock'em matchup. Hopefully they'll be able to patch things up. I know I've enjoyed reading in and challenge for years. Uh, lately he's been banned from many, many tracks. I, I just think that... Uh, you know, he's always uh, taking punches at people and pretty much equally, you know, across the, the back stretches of the country. And I think for the most part, uh, he, he means it just as jest. And, you know, the, his newsletter just gets talk going. I, I don't think for the most part any of it's really mean-spirited. And, uh, well, perhaps he crossed the line. But either way, uh, Fist were flying on the back of Churchill. But they were also flying in the winter circle at Delaware Park as their leading trainer, Juan Vasquez, was arrested on Monday by Delaware State Police for simple assault after attacking jockey Trevor McCarthy in the winter circle following the fourth race. Uh, it was at the scales, um, and that's the reason why it was done. I guess earlier in the card, uh, McCarthy uh, had cut over on one of Vasquez's horses uh, and uh, he cut him off. Or I believe that they think that the horse got hurt. Vasquez obviously didn't take that well. The two exchanged words, and Vasquez hit McCarthy multiple times, they say, and then uh, he left the premises. So we'll see what the stewards come up. Uh, of course, the Internet's flaring up. People are want to pull his license. Uh, other people are saying, hey, you know, if he wasn't there, races wouldn't go with Delaware. So uh, we'll... Uh, We'll find out what happens there. Well, uh, talking to Eric Wing last week, and we said the worst-kept secret in racing is finally out, and they made it official. Nobody would talk to me on the record last week, but uh, Keeneland is going to host the Breeders' Cup in 2015. I wonder if part of that has to do with them pulling up the track and, and putting down the dirt, but uh, Breeders' Cup, expect uh, crowd numbers, um, into the forty to 50,000 range because they can't fill it up much more. Now, they are going to uh, add, I believe, 7,000 premium seats uh, to increase the capacity, add it along the stretch and even in the parking lot of the far turn. And, uh, of course, there'll be you know, outside seating, seating the sales pavilion. Uh, not sure how many people are going to want to watch it there, uh, but it'll be very interesting to scramble for tickets to see the Breeders' Cup at Keeneland. I'll see if I can't get uh, uh, less in-stones input on that uh, also. Uh, now, there were other ones. I mean, at Lone Star Park, uh, 46,000 attended. Uh, a lot of people were saying, yeah, but what about the wagering? I think if it takes place at Keeneland, you're not going to have to worry about it because that place is nothing but a class act. They're also talking about moving up one of their sales closer to the Breeders' Cup it would be the uh, the mixed sale because all of those people are going to be in town and the figure eight hey, stick around for a couple days and uh, of course out of the first book some of the finest brood mares and mares in fold of the top stallions uh, will be uh, uh, going under the auction hammer. All right, let's get back. Last week again, I had Eric Wing on with me. Uh, we went out to Santa Anita for the summertime oaks, grade two stakes. Oaks, of course, for three-year-olds, and uh, 
from wire to wire, it was Jojo Warrior. Now, this is a horse, if you like to read the trouble lines, <laughs> if you go back to his last three trouble lines, bumped, steadied, five wide, bumped, steady, drifted out, traffic on the rail, not enough. So after breaking its mating with Martin Garcia up, went back to Martin Garcia, went wire to wire, pulled away by five lengths, Baffert's got a nice one, and by a horsey train, Pioneer of the Nile. In the second spot, it was an upsetter that Eric Wing gave us at 16 to 1. This was his pick, and it was Live For Now uh, got the second spot over front range. So, again, those were fillies with a future, the summertime oaks out west. Then... As far east as we could go at Belmont Park, we had the seven furlong bed of roses, the grade three, and the winner of this one, let me tell you, it was a great head bobbin, final furlong, a great race to watch. The winner was Hot Stones at 15 to 1, and I read Ortiz had five wins on the card. And this horse got away at 6-1. to one. Hot Stones, the horse right behind, was the horse I liked, Mary Meadow, who got away at 5-1, to one, uh, surprisingly. And third was the 7, Calistoga. So that was the better roses. Then we went just down the road a little bit there to Monmouth Park, the Eaton Town, a grade 3. And this was a thrilling stretch run. You pretty much could uh, throw a blanket over the top five, but getting home on top was an Irish bred Medea. The lovely lady, Forrest Boyce, came in with Medea from Pimlico and got the job done. Again, a very close race at at five to one. In the second spot was seven to one triple arch. And uh in the third spot was Lonesome Town. So that was a look at the, the races that we that we handicapped last week. Well again uh, later in the card, I'll be handicapping with Les Instone, but it, shortly we are going out to California. Lucky to have some time to spend with Dave McLaughlin of the outstanding Harris Farms out there in California. So we're going to take a little bit of a break. When we come back, we'll be talking to Dave McLaughlin. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. 
Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and back with me is David McLaughlin, a man that's had quite an impact on the landscape of thoroughbred racing due to the exploits of one California Chrome, but uh, he's certainly no flash in the pan. He earned his way there after graduating from Colorado State University. He earned his Master's of Science in Reproductive Physiology from uh, Colorado State, and then he went on to become the manager of Magic Valley Stallion Station. Uh, then it would go, we go all the way back to 1981, where he's still at Harris Farms, started out as the manager of the horse division, and all I can say is they say that this horse is tripled in its physical size, and some excellent horses uh, have uh, come out of this farm, including a name everybody knows, and tis now, and let's not forget the very speedy Thor's Echo. Well, uh, Dave, I could go on and on about uh, your resume, but I'd rather start talking about uh, your introduction to Harris Farm and being such a part of its growth. Well, it's uh, it's been a long, enjoyable ride. This is the uh, my thirty fourth breeding season here, and we've seen an awful lot of mares go through the breeding shed. It's uh, it's always exciting uh, when we get the first foals on the ground, and uh, we start all over. Now, what's what's a day in the life of Dave McLaughlin? I know it's seasonal. Uh, right now, you're kind of at tailing off, uh, maybe a, a few late foalings, but uh, just describe what it's out like out there at Harris Farms. Well, we we've got a uh, a very uh, active stallion roster uh, that's done quite well with uh, unusual heat and lucky pulpit, uh, heat seeker, uh, um, tis bud, uh, desert code, uh, and the bunch, and and uh, we've breed about uh, 340 mares during the course of the season. Uh, uh, we had our last foal about three weeks ago. We delivered about 100, and, I think we're 172 foals this year. So uh, there's never a dull moment. No, there's not. Not on that level. And uh, as we spoke off the air, when I was looking at your stallion roster, a roster, uh, you have uh, unusual heat, who's actually the headliner at the farm right now. I believe he would be the the leading sire in California, standing for twenty thousand dollars. Uh, as far as stallion uh, stud fee, yes, he has been for several years, and uh, uh, you know, he uh, has been the leading sire for several years as well as progeny earnings. 
Well, before we get on to uh, a horse I know you were happy to see get off the van a couple days ago because of your association with him from birth, let's move to Lucky Pulpit, his his sire. Um, why did you decide to bring him to the farm? Uh, how were things early early in his stud fee? Uh, you know, of course, I read a lot about the breeding, and, of course, coming into this year, everybody's saying, well, Lucky Pulpit never really won past five and a half furlongs. When he did, he was a grass horse. How can he sire a horse that uh, is going to go the distance uh, of the triple crown that he has to go through? So uh, tell us about Lucky Pulpit and your belief in him. Well, we were very fortunate to uh, to be able to stand him. Uh, He's owned by Mr. and Mrs. Larry Williams of Treetop Ranch from Idaho, and and we have uh, done business with them and their farm manager Dan Kaiser for several years with uh, with some of our other uh, mares as they bred uh, for the California uh, program. Uh, and Lucky Pulpit had, uh, had at one point been a horse they thought had had derby potential, but uh, a throat infection and a couple of other issues uh, prevented him from uh, from showing uh, all of that talent. Uh, when he was retired, uh, they inquired if we would be interested in standing him, which we were, and uh, very fortunate uh, for us that uh, that he was available. You now his his pedigree and all, uh, you know, he he wasn't. Uh, it's not just a, a sprint pedigree by any means. Uh, there's distance in it, and uh, uh, you know, as, as I said, he was uh, thought of as a Derby prospect for them at one point. Now, uh, we've heard so much about the demeanor of California Chrome, uh, cool as a cucumber, doesn't mind showing off, uh, uh, seems to do everything right. Uh, what's the personality of his dad? Uh, he's, uh, he's a real pleasure. A uh, very professional horse in the breeding shed. He's booked to 124 mares this year, and uh, he meets me at the gate every, uh, every time we're, uh, uh, we've got his number, and uh, he goes right in. And uh, very professional, uh, very, uh, fortunately, a very fertile stallion as well, and uh, uh, takes care of business very nicely. He's great to handle, uh, very good horse to show to people, and uh, it's a little uh, deceiving. He's not your, your typical uh, uh, difficult stallion. Well, looking at his rear end confirmationally, he, he looks like he's got hindquarters that could move a locomotive. Uh, he, he definitely is a very powerful horse, very muscular horse. He's uh, 16 hands, great balance to him, and uh, I think that's one of the things that's very attractive to mare owners is that uh, that he is so nicely balanced and uh, a lot of substance to him. Now, from an emotional point, Dave, what's this year like? been for you, not only because you stay in the stallion, but because you were there when California was fold. I mean, did you feel kind of from the early days, maybe you had something special there? You know, I, I wish we could say that from day one we had the same vision that uh, Mr. Colburn had, that, that he was <laughs> going to be a derby winner, but um, uh, that really wasn't the, the case. I mean, he was he has always been a very a flashy individual with the four white socks and the blaze and all, and uh, he certainly will stand out in a group. These uh, your eyes just drawn to him uh, as he was growing up in a you know a pasture setting. Everyone would want to know who's that one. Um, he was a uh, uh, a good individual. I mean, he he was a very quick study and and uh, enjoyed being around people. The, the mare was uh, sustained an injury during foaling and uh, as a result required quite a bit of treatment post-foaling. And 
that meant that uh, that she and the foal had to come out of the the stall and uh, uh, during her treatments he had to stand patiently with uh, with somebody handling him and uh, uh, bonding with him that sort of thing and and he uh, he really enjoyed being with people and uh, I think that that carried on through his training as uh, as Per Antons and our farm trainer has noted uh, he was very quick to pick up uh, anything you ask him to do. Well, that, that's what I want our listeners to know. You didn't just breed and fold this horse and, and send it off somewhere. You laid the groundwork on California Chrome. Oh, he's one of our kids. He, he's definitely uh, uh, one of the family. And, you know, Dr. Bowers, our resident veterinarian, uh, has had a lot to do with his, uh, his development. Lori Brown at the River Ranch, our River Ranch manager, uh, uh, was responsible for... Uh, a lot of his uh, uh, development over there, and then uh, when he finally returned here to the main farm, Per Antons and our farm trainer uh, started him in the round pen and uh, put him through his paces until he finally shipped off to Art Sherman. Well, his whole story—I mean, he—you uh, know—he lit up the dreams of America. Kind of the little engine that that could. Uh, what was it? Wasn't a million-dollar horse, and everybody seems to kind of get in the corner, like we're getting behind the U.S. soccer team. wasn't expected to go as far as, as they have. A couple of weeks ago, I had uh, Judd Fisher on, uh, who, of course, is uh, California Chrome's uh, farrier, and he was kind of describing to us. He, he did get a chance to examine him after the Belmont, uh, the incident shortly out of the gate may well have cost him a triple crown. We don't know. Uh, it could have been the grueling five weeks. Uh, that'll never be answered. Uh, but when he got off the van, and, and from your observations, uh, how is he healing? I know you're kind of taking it easy with his recuperation. Can you tell our listeners kind of what are the steps you're taking to get him back so he can maybe make it to that Breeders' Cup Classic? Well, he's, he's already uh, showing some uh, uh some of the benefits of some time off. He's, uh, we haven't weighed him, but uh, just visually it appears as though he's put on a little bit of weight. Uh, he's uh, a very good horse uh, to handle. He's going out right now and, uh, and grazing on the end of a shank for uh, probably 30 minutes uh, uh, once or twice, no, actually twice a day now, and uh, tomorrow will be his first time that we'll take him out and actually uh, turn him loose, and uh, he'll be able to uh, uh, graze on his own, and he'll probably stay out for a, a couple of hours like that tomorrow, and uh, we'll just increase the amount of time he stays out on a daily basis until uh, he'll stay out all day. Now, now, when you when you say turn him loose, will he be in a rather a, a, of a smaller paddock where perhaps you won't want him to get into a full gallop? Because, you know, a horse like this, after being pent up for a while, probably wants to giddy up and go a little bit. Well, he's got plenty of that. There's no doubt that he's uh, he's been on his toes for quite some time. And uh, but we can see just how much more relaxed he has been over the past week, uh, going out on a daily basis. And when he finally uh, uh, hears the the snap come off the uh, the, the halter, uh, he definitely will have a little uh, uh, sedative on board so that, uh, he won't be too, uh, interested in, uh, uh, doing anything more than appreciating his surroundings. Very good. Very good. Uh, th- thanks for, uh, th- th- this imagery. Now, uh, can you project this out a couple weeks, uh, how you begin to kind of, uh, let him come into his own again, because obviously the goal is to get him back into training. What will you guys be doing with him on the farm? Well, uh, Art Sherman and, and Alan have uh, will be the ones that prescribe any uh, any program for him. But uh, as it is right now, uh, it's uh, just 
strictly R&R, that uh, he's here to turn out and get sunshine and, uh, and relaxation. Uh, I think that uh, uh, they're talking about a four- to six-week turnout for him, and at that point then he will go back to them and, uh, and start, uh, start back to work. So even though his early days he w- he was broken on the farm, uh, he probably won't be doing a- any kind of um, uh, under saddle work at Harris Farm. I don't anticipate that. Uh, I think that when he's ready to go back to training, he'll go right back to art at uh, at Los Alamitos. Well, th- th- this is great news. Let's let's rewind a little bit to the pride the farm's probably taken in Lucky Pulpit. Uh, what was it like as far as your phone's ringing as he was getting closer and closer to the derby? Well, it's, uh, the anticipation of that race is, uh, is tremendous because that's the, uh, the most famous race. Uh, people that don't know anything about racing know the Kentucky Derby, and, and we uh, receive calls from some of those as well. But uh, uh, it was just uh, terrific, all of the support and interest uh, that people had in it. And certainly after he won, it uh, escalated, and, and after winning the Preakness, even more. And you know, it was a, a good portion of... Uh, uh, a good number of the phone calls received at the farm on a daily basis uh, have to do with Chrome at this point, and he's got just a tremendous uh, following, and people want to come see him. Uh, a woman called me 15 minutes ago wanting a daily report uh, for her blog and uh, <laughs> hoping that she could get some pictures or even video of him out in his paddock. Uh, uh, and it, it's just really neat to have uh, uh, this you know, America's horse. Uh, now, uh, obviously, I believe you've already made a decision on, on upping Lucky Pulpit stud fee for next year. Well, the decision hasn't been made, but it's an obvious, uh, it's a foregone conclusion. It'll go up. Um, he actually his book closed after the San Felipe race this year, and uh, uh, Mr. Williams uh, after that said we could take a few more mares to him at ten thousand. And uh, then just prior to the Santa Anita Derby, um, Mr. Williams said, you know, we'll, we'll close the book at 124, which we did. So it's, it hasn't been decided what it will be, but it definitely uh, will be, uh, it won't be 2,500, and uh, I'm sure it'll be more than 10,000 next year. Now, uh, before we go, just want to know, uh, have you received uh, calls to, to for people that want to bring mares, let's say from Kentucky to him, or his Harris Farm, uh, or the owners have uh, calls from people that say, "Hey, we'd love to have him here in Kentucky." Oh, there have been several of those calls, uh, and even a call from Saudi Arabia uh, to uh, to inquiring about the stallion and his availability. Uh, but with respect to mares for 2015, we do have a uh, a nice list of mares. Uh, on that, uh, people that have shown uh, definite interest in booking to him once the stud fee has been set. And quite a few are mares that are currently in full to uh, Kentucky Stallions that will be coming here to, to full and have a cow bread and, uh, and hopefully support that program. Well, the, the pulpit line, you know, through AP India has been so strong. I think it's going to be uh, in demand for a long, long time. And uh, it looks like you've got one of the most uh, successful sons. And uh, we'll find out where California uh, Chrome goes. Hopefully after his four-year-old year, I, I, from what I've read, they, they want to keep him in training. And I hope that's the case because right now he, he's America's horse. And uh, it, it all started back there in a stall with uh, Dave McLaughlin and uh, the, the staff. Staff at, at Harris Farms. Well, I've, I've got a great staff, and it's uh, you know there are a lot of fingerprints on California Chrome, uh, and, and uh, from the f- 
members of the staff here, and everyone's quite proud that he's, uh, he's one of the kids. Well, fantastic. Hey, Dave, thanks so much for updating us on every uh, you know, story about California Chrome and kind of painting a broad picture of you know, what's happened, uh, not only at Harris Farms, but uh, throughout the horse's uh, uh, career and hopefully uh, beyond. Uh, we at Winning Ponies appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. My pleasure, John. Thanks. All right, we've been talking with Dave McLaughlin from Harris Farms out in California, Lucky Pulpit, California Chrome. Dad and son back together again. We'll be following the story. Right now, we're going to take a quick break, and we come back. My handicapper this week, less in stone. We're going to break down some races. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move oh, on. I just, and get I just ready. think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and back with me. He's been on the show before. Les in stone, a good friend of mine from down in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, right now, he's considered the VIP customer service manager at Twin Spires. Uh, I've seen him many, many years in the, the paddock at Keeneland for 13 years. He's the Saturday morning handicapper after the morning workouts there. He also ran uh, their handicapping contest for many years. So with us right now is Les Instone. Les, how you doing? Hello there. <laughs> Plus, he's the only man I wore a blonde wig with on a handicapping show. I have to add that. We'll never forget that, will we? <laughs> <laughs> no. Sad to say there's photos to prove it, so we That's can't right. deny that. We won't go into the details. But uh, nonetheless, <laughs> Les, uh, the worst-kept secret in racing, the Breeders' Cup coming to Keeneland, 
What are your thoughts? I know you're not any stranger to the grounds. From what I've read, they're not going to bastardize the place. Sounds like they're just adding 7,000 seats, and they're going to be happy if they only get 50,000 people. What's your read on the the Breeders' Cup move to Keeneland? Well, Keeneland's going to do it right. I mean, they're going to do as great a job as they can. Uh, The place is small. You know, that's just no getting around that. Um, but they've got uh, seating planned for some of the parking lot areas where they're going to set up either a single or two-level temporary seating, and then there's seating in the sales pavilion and the entertainment uh, center. Yeah, but come on, uh, the Breeders' Cup. You want to see live horses. If I want to watch it on TV, I'll watch it at home. (laughs) Right, right, exactly, exactly. But I'll probably be working that day, so I'll be watching it from wherever I'm working at the time. <laughs> now, ha- have you heard any rumors as a Lexingtonian that um, I know they've got a tunnel that they might do something on the infield? They've not mentioned that. I was in the movie Seabiscuit as one of the extras, and we used that tunnel, and we're in the infield for that movie. Uh, I think they should put uh, some bleachers or temporary seating out there. Yeah, it seems to me they've got enough room. They're able to get out there. They've obviously got facilities. Um, and, again, something like that you could set up, you know, kind of like what's inside the rail at Churchill, though they may leave that up all year. I don't know. But I'm thinking right. you could put something up temporary that wouldn't affect the grounds that much, plus who sees beyond the turf rail anyhow. Um that you could put something up there that might fit a couple extra thousand people. Of course, these decisions are going to be made by powers bigger and better than me. But That's it just right. seems to me that uh, knowing Keeneland, um, they'd be able to pull it off in, in a tasteful manner where you could uh, get a couple more thousand out there. And as you know, it's not going to be a cheap ticket. That's right. Uh, Breeders' Cup is never cheap. <laughs> uh, there is a deep culvert, too, behind the uh, tote board. So it's for safety reasons, they want to keep people away from that. But I think at either end of the infield, they could set up uh, some temporary seating. It, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Like you said, uh, you know, Keeneland will do it right. And, and, and knowing Keeneland, as you do and I do, just from the fall and spring meet, there'll be people that never make it out of the parking lot. That's right. <laughs> it will be interesting to see uh, if they get that extra week. They're going to try and open up a week earlier than what they had originally planned so that they can have the fall stars weekend four weeks in advance. And that means Keelan will be running for four weeks instead of just three, which is phenomenal. (laughs) Well, I guess they would probably borrow that week from Churchill who had taken the month from Turfway. The September. Yeah. Right. That's correct. So, uh, you know, uh, I, I can, I can see that happen. I can see that as a can do. That's right. They but should be either, able to do it. Either way, from all my experiences with uh, the uh, staff and management at Keeneland, and I'm sure you'll agree, whatever they do, they'll manage it properly, and they'll do it top shelf. That's right. They will. And uh, it should be a great day. And if uh, our listeners have not been to a Breeders' Cup, they need to go at least one time, whether it's at Keeneland or Santa Anita or Del Mar. Um, they need to go. At least I one know time. It, it's it, it's just amazing. Uh, 
it's the world stage if you're if you're a horse lover because they are all there. So all I can say is I'm looking forward to it, and I'm going to try to book a room already in advance. If not, I got enough friends that I can sleep on their couch, so I'll be close well, enough. The, the poly track is gone, and uh, they'll soon be putting the dirt track in. They were working on the drainage system the other day, so uh, they're they're on schedule as far as changing the track. Right, right. They they put a release out today, and they they sound uh, pretty positive that everything's going good, and uh, the drainage system and everything like that. And you know, Keeneland, they're they're going to be concerned about safety first. So, uh, I, I have no doubts they'll put on a great show. Well, uh, for years, Hollywood Park uh, had a great race called the uh, Hollywood Park Gold Cup, and now we've got kind of a newly named race out at Santa Anita called the. Gold Cup at Santa Anita. At first I thought, well, somebody just wrote this headline wrong, but then I realized it's another time of year, and this is actually the replacement of the Hollywood Gold Cup that's going to be run out at Santa Santa Anita this weekend. Right. And uh, Game On Dude will be going for a three-peat, and only two other horses have won the race three times, Native Diver and Lava Man. Ah, Lava Man, one of my favorite, and of course, Native Diver, just legendary. Well, it'll be very interesting, you know, um, Game On Dude, I know some people are saying he's he's seven, is he showing signs of age? Well, I don't really think so. I mean, uh, sure, last year he, he, he shipped to uh, to Charlestown and and won the Classic. I mean, pretty amazing to go from California to Charlestown and uh, That's right. come away with the win. He tried to do it again this year, uh, but it, the upstart imperative at 26-1, to 1, who was thumped by Dude in the Santa Anita Handicap, uh, came away with that win by a length and a half. Uh, Kent DeSormer was in the saddle that night. He'll be back in the saddle today. And, of course, uh, the, the, the horse that I really feels like he finally wants the knockout punch, is Clubhouse Ride. How many times can he run second to Game On Dude? That's right. <laughs> and Clubhouse Ride's coming off a win in the Californian over the track, so he should be set up pretty well, too. All right, well, let's talk about this race. I, I think uh, two of the other interesting horses that, that we didn't uh, uh, talk about, one uh, of interest to me is a horse that's shipping in from Peru, that was actually bred by Claiborne Farm, uh, has right. spent its career in Peru. And what's interesting is, is I believe it's Juan Enriquez, who rode the horse in Peru, is coming up to ride it in the Gold Cup at Santa Anita. Ladiris is the name of the horse. Again, it's a Kentucky bred uh, who's won 349000 To do that in Peru, you've got to be like the champion. That's probably going to be like $3 million in U.S. dollars. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And the other horse uh, that we've left out of the conversation so far that could very much be a big part of this race because he'll be part of the pace scenario uh, with Game On Dude, who we know Baffert doesn't pull any punches. He's like, I'm going to the front, catch me if you can, will be Fury Kapuri, who is going to have Gary Stevens in the saddle for the first time. Right. He usually has Bayerano, but like you mentioned at the top of the show, Bayerano's still injured. And he'll be back for the Delmar meet, but Gary Stevens gets them out this Saturday. Well, um, Les Enstone, give me a read on this race, brother. Ladaris as an upgrade. Really? I love that. I love that the uh, rider is coming to the states to ride, and he's coming off a win at a mile and a quarter, same distance as as he's running here, and. Uh, 
game on dude. You don't know which game on dude is going to show up. And at three to five, I'm not going to bet him anyway. So I'll pick Ladera's as my up center. Wow. I don't have any odds in front of me. Do you know, is has there been an no, odd line set? I don't have the odds, but I'm going to guess Ladera's will probably be to eight to ten to one in the morning line. Absolutely. Well, I, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, uh, this is just going to be a fantastic race because I really do think you're going to see Game On Dude and Furry Kapuri up there, you know, giving it their all. we got another mystery horse in there coming in from Chile and Salto right. del Indio, who's a Chilean bred that's obviously got some reputation down there. Um, imperative, I, I got to scratch my head. I got to think he just had the race of his life at Charlestown for whatever reasons. And so I see the biggest threat to these guys, especially if these guys get caught up in a stretch duel, is clubhouse ride. I almost think it would be redemption of sort for him to finally turn the tables on a game on dude. And he's clubhouse ride is a big shot. Like I said, he's coming off a win over the track. Uh, he's got a case of seconditis, though. He's he likes to run second or third more than winning. He does, and let's face it, when you look at horses for course, Santa Anita, game on dude, 11 starts, 8 wins, has won almost $2 million, and Furry Kapuri, 6 starts, 4 wins, a second and a third, never off the board, and it comes That's into right. this race with five straight 100-plus buyers. He's going to be a handful, and he's got Gary Stevens in the saddle, who's everything he's touched has turned to gold so far. And I don't think uh, Fury Kapuri, Corey will have any trouble with the added distance. Never been a mile and a quarter before, but uh, he should uh, be able to get the distance. Well, it'll be very interesting. All I can say is this is a great race. I don't know if it's a great betting race, but now that Les Instone's given us a 10-to-1 shot, we might put him over some of these other horses. It's only a, a seven-horse field. Well, I spent a lot of time talking with you about Keeneland and about the Gold Cup, so I'm going to have to hold your feet to the fire in the second segment here, Les. I'm going to try to bang out three races at once. I think uh, two of them we don't have too much to talk about. Um, and and right. and one's probably the biggest gimme of the year. It's a six-horse field with no show wagering. That's pretty much That's a right. racing rarity from what I've lived through in my life, and that will be the Mother Goose with Untappable in there. So we're going to tackle three races in just a few minutes. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Winning Ponies. <laughs> to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports and they're off what can't make it to the track you can still get all the action with winningponies.com the home of the easy win form the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds quarters and arabian horses at most american and canadian tracks whether it be the triple crown breeders cup travers haskell or your daily races don't worry let winningponies.com make some money for you 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and back with me, one of my favorite handicappers, a guy I've known for about two decades, less in stone, who's down there in Kentucky. And the next race we're going to talk about is a Kentucky race that always uh, uh, gets the odds makers out in Vegas going. It's the Bashford Manor. It's the first two-year-old graded stakes race in North America. Six furlongs. The reason it gets people excited is it's over the Churchill Down Strip. We got uh, a not the biggest field, but every horse in here has won pretty impressively off its last win, Les. Who's uh, kind of drawn your eye? I'll give you my input after I hear yours. Well, two-year-olds this time of year are growing like leaps and bounds. In just a couple of weeks, they can change a lot. But I'm going to go with number six, Lucky Player, for the first crop by uh, looking at Lucky, who uh, had a horrible post in the Kentucky Derby and came back and won the Preakness. Cost him the race. Lucky Player is my pick uh, in here. Coming off an easy maiden win. And not only that, was was odds on almost one to two in that race for trainer Steve Asmussen. But uh, you, you got to like the, the, the jockey, uh, <laughs> maybe that's why he's been replaced, he lost his that's whip. Right. <laughs> the horse still drove that's past right. the competition uh, going five furlongs at the Bashford Manor to six. But this horse is going to be getting first lay six on Saturday. And... And I think the added distance is just to his benefit also. Yeah, and uh, looking at Lucky out of a storm cat mare, nothing wrong with the breeding. Uh, The horse that's kind of drawn my attention a little bit is the inside horse, Skyway. Uh, You know, uh, owned by John Oxley, plunked down 165,000, trained by Mark Cassie, who I really respect. Now, this horse hasn't been out since April at Keeneland, but it was a a four-and-a-half furlong race, and this horse, under Stuart Elliott, drew off by six and three quarters lengths after stalking the pace. What I like about this horse is its recent current form at Churchill Downs in the morning. No, it hasn't bullet worked, but guess what? Next best thing to a bullet, second of 26, second of 17, second of 29, all at five furlong distances, all in very close to a flat mile. I really think Mark Cassie has, has this baby wound up pretty good, so I'm going to be taking a hard look at Skyway. Yeah, Mark probably gave this horse a little break right after that race at Keeneland. And then from May 2nd on, you know, it's every seven or eight days that uh, he worked this horse. And that that is my second choice. 
All right. Well, let's move on to the grade two firecracker. They'll be going a mile on the turf at uh, at Churchill Downs, and it looks uh, hopefully uh, Dale Romans uh, has shook off his fight with Indian Charlie. Uh, he's he's got a duo in here uh, that certainly uh, has no problem with running on the grass. Uh, and Silver Max and Guy's Reward, uh, they, they look like a, a very talented duo in here. But there's uh, certainly some other talent in there, uh, namely uh, Nikki Sandcastle, who's coming off a win up Arlington Park at the Hanshin, um Handicap Grade 3. We've seen several horses uh, coming out of that race into this race. Yeah, and Silver Max, you got to like the horse, uh, you know, throw out the race in the Breeders' Cup mile where obviously something went wrong because he's been off since then. But he won three in a row right before that, two of them on the turf. And uh, he's definitely one you got to have. He has early speed, too. Uh, but he's my third choice here. He's your third choice. Well, let's hear the top two, Les. All right. Regally ready, number eight. Is very sharp right now, coming off two wins here at Churchill Downs, including the opening verse last time out. This horse is just in very good form, and I think he can make the uh, the move up to Great Two Stakes Company. Steve asked, and then my second choice would be number six. Has won one point four million dollars. Absolutely, a horse for course has made seven starts. At Churchill Downs over the Greensward and has come home five times victorious for earnings of over seven hundred thousand dollars. It, it, it is hard to knock that. So Les, he's your top pick. Max is your third. Who's your second? Six Villandry with uh, Julian Leperu. Charles Lopresi trains. He trains uh, uh, Wise Dan, and this horse is coming off as second to Regally Ready. Uh, in the opening verse, and won his start before that uh, at Churchill. All right. Well, we're talking with Les Instone, handicapper from the Lexington, Kentucky area, and he is giving you guys, listening to Winning Ponies, some price horses. I can guarantee you this. He's not going to give you a top price horse in our next race, the Grade 1 Mother (laughs) Goose. Uh, This race uh, has so much history to it. Um, 300,000 up for grabs, and they had to be hustling horses in this race to run against Untappable. That's right. Uh, the interest did come out very late on Wednesday, so they were hustling horses. Uh, you know, for for those listening, and here's one thing I've seen so much this year, Les, is very, very talented horses who were forced to race off Lasix as two-year-olds in the Breeder' Cup juvenile races, put in absolute clunkers, and then came back when they were allowed to race on Lasix again and have turned into superior animals, certainly untappable is one of the many. That's right. And, uh, you know, Lasix is one of those necessary evils that we have, but uh, uh, sometimes a horse just needs it, and untappable is one of those. Well, all I know is if I had something that stopped me, for, that, that, that helped me breathe a little bit and stopped me from bleeding that wasn't illegal, you can bet darn sure I'd be having that with my Wheaties in the morning. Was that beer beer that you usually have? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's oats and barley and hops, but it's mixed with carbonated water. It really is a health well, beverage you, if you think about it, Les. There you go. Well, <laughs> of course, uh, we can still look for an exacta here, and I'm going to use Stop Charging Maria and House Rules in my exacta under untappable. 
All right. Stop charging Maria and house rules. You heard it. Les Instone, thanks so much for, for being with us and, and, and joining us on, on Winning Ponies. Uh, good luck with all your hard work you do at Twin Spires. And, oh, by the way, shout out to Dana Ross. I know you're going to a party tomorrow night. Good friend of mine down there. I believe she's uh, having her 40th birthday party, and I, I yeah. wish her nothing but the best. Uh, give her a, a kiss on the cheek for me, will you? I will do that. <laughs> All right. I trust you will. We've been talking with Les Instone, a handicapper we've had on the Winning Pony Show a few times. I really want to thank uh, also Dave McLaughlin for taking time out of his busy schedule uh, out there in California at the very much revered and ever-growing now Harris Farms. Uh, tell us about Lucky Pulpit and the recuperation of California Chrome. Really, really appreciate both these guys being on the show. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate you going on website and getting your winners off the easy win forms that have been just knocking them dead there on winning ponies. So for Dave and Les, I'm John Engelhart. Remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.